Welcome into the PHNX Coyotes postgame show brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leon Merrill here with Steve Peters for the second Sunday in a row that a Coyotes game has gone to overtime. Uh, <laughs> this time they get it done with 15 seconds to go and Shane Glass is there wins it for the coyotes unbelievable game and there's so many things from this one to unpack and not only from this game but from the hockey world over the last 48 hours here with this team so we got a lot to go over today so hope everybody packed the lunch because we're gonna be here for a while <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's good for the coyotes that we got to, that's two wins in three games now i know the the stinker against anaheim and all the extracurricular activities that went on in that <laughs> game and the sour taste from that game and then the game before you've got the keller injuries he left sad uh, from the arena on that game so it's nice there hasn't really been way. like a normal game where we could just leave it feeling yes. like everyone got out unscathed <laughs> and we were i was worried about ghost there for a minute and gossip spare took a, a puck in the face and, go, oh, and geez, so did fashing yeah <laughs> like i tell you what you just was waiting for what happens next to this team um a lot of good things happened today a lot of good things. And I tell you what, I sitting there watching it first period, first shot for Chicago. You go, Oh shit. And then when Here Dylan Strom scores like a minute, I think a minute 15 in and you know, we've talked about Vimelka. This was his eighth start in a row. A lot, you know, there's been a lot on him. He hasn't been really consistent. And when that first goal went in, I thought, uh Oh, could he get pulled again? But he really found his game as the game went on, as did the Coyotes. The Coyotes was more of a up-down, up-down, I think, but um, Veggie made some really good saves in this game. Yeah, even with Veggie, though, even after that first save, there were a couple flurries by the Blackhawks after that that you go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Like, he, he just didn't get sharp until it took him a while. It took him a while to get into it. And once he got into it, you, he made some fantastic saves all the way up, in, including overtime. You know, when the puck's going back and forth and, and trading chances. And overtime, I thought he was sharp, but it did take him a while. Um, to get into that so yeah he was he was a big part of what happened today and you were worried after the first shot that oh don't know here we go again yep. the other big key for me and the big uh, is they found some offense and it, it they they really struggled in the last game against anaheim not only did they not score they just never felt like they were going to score yeah and in this game they were they were not only they put points on the board, which is great. There were so many, so many opportunities in this game where you go, oh, my God, how did they miss? Like, yeah. even in, like Phil Kessel in overtime slides it through an open crease. <laughs> there were so, so many. many he had so many chances in overtime, but there were so many chances in this game. Ladd had chances. Um, like, it was just Capo Bianco missed a wide open net. There was just chance after chance after chance. Where, Fashing hit a post in the first. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was unbelievable, which is great. It was great to see in a great bounce back from being shut out 5 nothing. Um, yeah, when, to see what the, when they do the scoring chances after this game, I'd love to see what Kessel ends up with. Because he had one in the first, a couple in the second, and clearly some in overtime. Um, I, what I, his actual scoring chances were? Yeah, I mean, it depends how they grade them. If they miss yeah. those those missed net ones, they they probably don't. Yeah, but, but he was hungry for one. It's a bummer right. that he could. It's it's a bummer that he couldn't get the overtime winner because that would have been great. He um, just can't get it. And I thought, you know what? I I thought Taves was going to get the overtime winner. Like that's the story. And he, you know, for those that missed the game on TV, they, it was they they presented. Um, Taves with a thousand game stick, and he celebrated. He played it in the other night, but he celebrated it tonight. 
And so the fanfare and everybody came out in the 19 jersey for warm-ups. You go, oh, no, he's going to have a big night. And I tell you what, he had it. He had the game on his stick. In overtime, he skates behind the Coyote goal, the Melka bot, or bit, excuse me, on, on the play, and it slid out of the net. Empty net on the wraparound. He just, one, I don't think he knew Vimelka slid out that far. So he was trying to make a pass instead of trying to wrap it. So um, luckily for the Coyotes, that was not the fairy, fairy book, fairy tale? Fairy, fairy tale, tale. storybook. And, and ironically, I think that Goss's first shot in overtime went off of Taves' skate. So wow. you could argue that he did have the game-winning goal, just not for his team. Oh, see? Just what someone said in the comments right now. What did they just say? Technically, he technically did have the winner, just not for the right team. <laughs> and then so he goes from the guy, literally the play before, could have been the hero. The United Center would have erupted and fantastic. And then he tries to make a skate save a la 80s goaltending and off his foot and in on the power Bummer. Play. Poor guy. Truly a bummer. But you know what? The Coyotes needed this. They needed to win. They did. They needed to feel good about things. It's been a, it's been a little cloud hanging over this team since Keller went down um, at the end of the San Jose game. And it's just felt that way for the last 48 hours around this team. And they needed this. And I tell you what, doesn't get any easier because they're probably sitting on a plane or getting to it right now while we're doing this and they have to go to St. Louis tomorrow. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, when maybe not for the tank, but for morale and for the fact that, like you said, St. Louis, Vancouver, Vegas, that's the week ahead for the Coyotes. So it's not going to be an easy week. This game against Chicago was the one that we all said before this, that this was a winnable game. So, you know, they might not win again this week. And at least they have this one under their belt, especially as we said it with just all the noise and everything that's been going on the last week. So let's look at um, tonight by the numbers, which some interesting things here, because first of all, the Coyotes outshot to the Blackhawks and won the game. Rare. Rare. A rare occurrence this season. I think it's only the second time. I think it's only the second time. Um, both teams scored on the power play coyotes, one for two Blackhawks, one for three. But what was crazy about this game? I mean, the coyotes were outshot 11 to six in the first, then they came back and outshot Chicago 15 to five in the second. Then it was 13 to eight in the third, but going into overtime, the score was two, two and the shots were 29, 29. And I just can't recall a time this season that, the shots were even and the score was even for this Coyotes team. Can you? Yeah, they're usually just getting away. And honestly, they're they're better off when they get pummeled in shots. And that seems to be when they have their most success, clearly. So to see them on the, the upper side of the shots on goal column is extremely rare. And I think it is probably the second time um, this season where they've won a game where they've actually outshot their opponent. And again, of course, my crack staff of stat team, which would be me. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think of that one today, so I'm a little tardy on that. I'll have it for tomorrow night's tilt because we could do it again tomorrow. And we, you know what? We look at the lineup for tonight too, and it's we know about all the big injuries and in Keller and Krauss and Fisher still out and on and on. But Richie, who has just started, Nick Richie, who's just started to come on strong with this team since his he was acquired at the trade deadline from Toronto. He's putting up points, putting up goals. He's been a physical presence. He gets suspended from the game against Anaheim for a slashing infraction. So you go, when oh that God. happened, I was like, where's the offense going to come from? Because he's been the one, the kind of now with Keller out, he's and Schmaltz has been quieted down since that crazy month of March. And Richie's been the, been the one the problem, scoring. That no yeah. one's been able to pick up the scoring. And with Keller, where's it going to come from? And they jumbled the lines up and you got, you know, Michelli, who's been down with the kid line with Hayton and Carcone. He moved up with Boyd and Schmaltz. And you go, oh shit, how's that going to work? Well, you know, it worked really well. 
They look really good together. Yeah. And fashing, you know, fashing fit in with Erickson and Beagle. They got their chance. And Kessel, Hayton, and Carconi. I don't know how many chances that line had. Like they I were mean, really and, good. Yeah. So it, it, you know, I was worried. And offensively, that this was this was a good game for this team. Not just in the, in amount of shots, but goals and the outcome. And just you felt like they had the ability to score because that has been missing. Even on games where they've been able to score, they don't feel like they're really controlling the play. And I thought today there were moments where they hemmed Chicago into their zone, especially for in the second period of times. Absolutely. Especially in the second period. Yeah. yeah. So there were some really good moments here, and there's some really good takeaways for some individuals. So that's fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And we uh, mentioned Carcone. He actually had a goal tonight. It was his second career goal from Schalman. And then Boyd, um, he scored his first goal since, since March 10th, um, which was great to see. It was his 13th of the season. He'd been really hot and then had quieted it down for a little bit. Um, but Good to see him back on the board. And that was a goal, the, the Boyd goal too. I mean, when, when you isolate his play, it's a one on four. Like he, he's surrounded by Blackhawks and you're like, oh no, there's going to be a turnover in front of the net. And, and he, I tell you what, he, he fakes the pass and everybody bites on the pass and he's standing alone in front of the goalie. How did that happen? Like, where did everybody go? Um, unbelievable move by Boyd, who's shown that his career numbers this year offensively and they're well-deserved, and he's getting an opportunity to play with good players all season long, and he's got some skill around the net. So that was a great goal, and then you talk about Carcone's goal. Chicago wins the faceoff, should have had a breakout. Strawman holds tight on the blue line, keeps the puck alive, quick shot to the to the net, and Carcone tipping in. I, I thought there were so many good things for this team tonight to feel good and positive about, and I told you, Leah, the last studio game we did a couple nights ago, I was a little grumpy. What? Game. I know, a little grumpy. <laughs> After um, a five nothing shutout, you were grumpy on a Friday night at ten thirty p.m. And anyway. I said tonight it was going to be more positive, and here I am. Look at you fulfilling I'm my so, promise. I'm so proud. Well, on that note, let's look at Petey's keys to the games, be, the game, because I think the Coyotes delivered on a lot of this. Yeah, my biggest fear was that they weren't going to be able second. to score without Keller because they didn't score the last game without Keller. And I go, Oh, where's the offense going to come from? Are they going to pouch? Are they going to feel bad that they don't have their offense and they're just going to give up because they, they don't have Clayton Keller. No, they didn't. They were great. Stop Kane. I mean, he gets the power play goal. And so he gets on the score sheet. And usually when that team um, gets Patrick Kane on the score sheet, it's going to be a tough night. I will say this when Kane and Debrinkat are on the ice together. And now with the addition of Strom, man, do those three pass the puck well. They find each other through seams, over sticks. They make rink uh, board-to-board passes throughout the game. They look really, really good together. That's a great hockey line right now for that team. And Veggie, we say it every night. I mean, we will just fill in key three every night. It's got to yeah, be right. Um, started off, I was very concerned. But yeah. I tell you what, by the end of the night, I still think after tonight, they only gave up 31. They averaged 35 point something, 35.2 um, shots per game. I'm I'm still expecting them to lead the league in shots. Um, it's funny because stop Kane, they literally did when he took a penalty that led to the overtime goal. And he was in the box for it. So wow. I guess you just like Taves technically had the game winning goal. Yes. You can technically argue that they stopped Kane to and win the game. And he wanted a penalty shot on his when he, when he got the penalty that actually – um, you know, sent us to the box again. Us, the Coyotes, not us. I yes. Um, Joel asked, "Is Kojina starting the next game?" Listen. <laughs> you know what this the answer like, that is? No. no. Because it, he's not there. It, yeah, the Coyotes recalled Ivan Prozvitov from Tucson, and you'd have to imagine he'll get the start. But then again, this is not the expertise of this particular show. 
<laughs> We're not good at this. We're not good at this. <laughs> Did you hear that on air? We just yeah. sneezed. <laughs> Was that, I think Petey's wife just sneezed so loud that everyone could hear it. And now he's. You know, that was great. Yeah, well, <laughs> good Lord. It's um, okay. Work um, from home. Real life happens. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but honestly, you don't know. Like, you'd think it has to be Prozvitov. You, it, he played it into overtime tonight, extended time, hasn't yeah. had a break in eight games. He's got pulled two of the last four now. Like, I mean, I think that's why they recalled Prozvitov so that they could give him a game. I really do. I think that they they, they weren't thrilled with what they were seeing out of Koshin as either in practice or in the games that he did fill in relief and they wanted Ivan Prosvitov to get the opportunity. So I think that's why he got recalled. I would anticipate he will play tomorrow when Craig gets to the show. Maybe, maybe he'll have some information, but good Lord, who knows? I don't put up my average on that one. Yeah, no, it's probably extremely, extremely yeah, not good. low. Not yeah, good. Very oh. bad. Well, man, I don't even know where to go next because <laughs> this game was just you know, I will say it was entertaining, and it was nice to be entertained watching a Coyotes game as well. Yeah, and, and again, for, I'll say it again. Like, the biggest thing for me was the ability to find offense from other people that haven't been able to provide it. And I don't just mean the goals. I mean the the shot attempts, the offensive zone possession of the puck. In the first period, it looked like Coyote hockey to me, turning the pucks over between the blue lines, giving up really quality grade-A scoring chances against. And the first goal, honestly, it's a goal that you wish you had back. So you go, oh, no. Here we go again, Coyote hockey again. They're going to collapse. And you know what? They didn't. They, they responded. And I think one of the keys to me that we didn't talk about, and one of the players that was added back into the lineup, Keller goes out, Andrew Ladd comes back in. Yes, Andrew I meant Ladd's to bring up Keller. I meant to bring up how much I noticed him, though. Yes, yeah, you're, he, he's not Keller, but he was noticeable and he had chances and he was right there in front of the net on every play. He was missing. I mean, he missed the net, but he was right there. Yeah, he's a leader. I mean, he he is a leader. He's an experienced NHL player that's won Stanley Cups, and he's playing in a building where he won those Cups. So I don't know if you saw it after the Taves um, yeah. ceremony, how many players went up to Andrew Ladd. That's how important he is as a figure in that building. I He showed up. like He, he made the difference. I wonder if inside the room that's part of it, that you need some of that – leadership and glue and experience to hold this together right now because let's be honest this is a fragile group right now i mean there's they are missing so many key pieces to this team on and off the ice as far as leadership and who to follow and guys that have been there and those type of things that i i i wonder if that was part of the problem you saw in the anaheim game and now he was able to to calm it all down bring up a little different voice in the locker room and kind of pulled everybody together. And I think, and I think that's another reason why Phil Kessel had a good game today too. So you get that veteran leadership kind of trying to steer this ship into port right now with, with 14 games to go, you go good grief. We got a long way to go and short time to get there as the bandit said, but so you need these guys to help get them there. Like it's, it's extremely important. And I really think lad was one of the big keys to today's game. Yeah, I agree. And we'll have more on everything that went down on Friday. With We have sound bites from Beagle. We have a lot to talk about when Craig gets here, but we're going to save that all for Craig. So hang on tight because when Craig gets here, we'll talk about a lot of the other major storylines. And we'll get into this more when Craig does get here, but with we'll get more into the debate of it. But now that Keith Yandel has ended his Ironman streak, as of tonight, Phil Kessel is leads the NHL inactive 
um, NHL players for longest Ironman streak with 969 games played in a row. So Phil Kessel, who, like we already talked about, had some amazing looks tonight and he couldn't buy one in overtime, but he really, really wanted one. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, we're going to spend a lot of time, maybe not today, well, sometime today, talking about Ironman streak, obviously, one of the topics we have when Craig joins us, and, and how important that is or isn't, or or what kind of a you know record it truly is. But you look at this week with Keith Yandel and Clayton Keller, both two of the top four active players are no longer chasing that well Yandel already had it but you know what I mean there's no longer those two active streaks they're both out now so Keller has to start a new one and um Keith Yandel I hope gets back in the lineup unbelievable teammate player friend all all of those things he's a great person I hope he gets to back in the lineup soon and I know when Craig joins if what's Craig doing by the way he just said taking forever he just texted us (laughs) well thanks well then you know what can we go to some of our other stuff then well I just I just want to read this comment from Karen Craig sick is right there with Craig on vacation a million storylines which is so true and he tweeted that yesterday and you won't believe because yesterday Craig slept in which I don't think Craig has ever slept in and in that time missed (laughs) so much stuff so you're right and for those who don't know, whenever Craig goes on vacation is when huge Coyotes news breaks. So I think that's a good theory that Craig being sick is on par with Craig being on vacation. Because Yeah, it is. It truly is. And when he said he slept in, did I miss anything? Oh, yeah, I kind of did. There's kind <laughs> of a lot going on around the Coyotes. And unless you turn the internet off. So yeah, who knows? Absolutely. I just think that this was this is a stepping stone to get the Coyotes through to the next one, like to the next one tomorrow. You know what? They're going to have their hands full. There, there is no doubt about it. Thirteen to go now. After tonight, they had fourteen. Now they got thirteen games left. And we've talked about the injuries at length. There are a lot of players that are not getting back. Yeah. The, the chances are a lot of those core players. I mean, Kessler, Keller clearly is out. Krause Keller, is out. Kraus. And Fisher's Fisher. really, really questionable. Like, yeah. They might not get another player back, so this is it. And yeah. so you've got to bu- find a way to bind together in that room and go, okay, we, we got to muscle through this. We don't have a miserable three weeks here, so let's compete. And they did tonight. And I know the Chicago Blackhawks team isn't the, you know, a playoff team this year and they're not in the top of the standings, but I don't care what anybody says. That's still a good hockey team. You look at the roster up and down with, with Seth Jones and Taves and Kane to Brinkett and Strom. There's a good hockey team. I, I think they've just had some bad breaks early in the year. They didn't get the goaltending they wanted along this season after Mark, well, Mark on their is now gone. I, it's, it's just not where they expected to be very disappointing season in Chicago. But it's still a good team, and this is still a good win, and it's still a big win in that building. So yeah, let's see. Absolutely. We talk about teams that they do well against. They play well in St. Louis. Remember during the COVID, the COVID year where they played them seven times in a row and a row. like absolutely dominated. And they won the series. Yep, the seven game so, series was won by the Yotes. Who knows? So never say never. You just don't know, especially with Prozvatov potentially getting the start there. Those are the kind of games where a goalie that doesn't play often and get called up for the American League, maybe he has a, has a big game tomorrow and they, they find their way um, to make that game exciting and, and close. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Karen Ash, are you going to do a partner broadcast with CHGO for the next game? There's stuff in the works, so stay tuned. And Petey, did you see that the CHGO staff was in a suite at this they were at the suite when's the last time did they get us a suite for the no no 
No. But it was for the yeah. tapes thing, I'm assuming. Is that why they went? Just a team bonding thing. That's fun. <sighs> but somebody made a good point a little bit before we went on air. Is Are the Coyotes winning all their series against all their all-city counterparts, the Avs and the Blackhawks? And the answer is? Yes. Yes. They are. They're two one and one against Colorado, and now they're one and one against Chicago. So they are three, two, and one against the other all city cities, CHGO and DNVR. So yay, coyotes on that one. So they win the, the all city playoffs. How about that? I love that. over the color. Oh, yeah, we can actually brag on this. So if well, I, I don't know how Colorado did against Chicago. My guess is I don't know either. Okay. They probably yeah. did okay. Well, we'll have to look that up for the next show because if they didn't, that could be a humble brag for the entire summer. As maybe the 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 Dem, you know the Colorado the DNVR show is carrying around the cup and and having cup parties, and we're having summer. draft lottery parties yeah, to celebrate. We're watching ping pong balls. Yeah, which let's check in. Seattle's still up one nothing on Dallas right now, halfway through the second. We need a big Seattle win today. Seattle's got to come through here because. Montreal did their part by winning last night, but now the Coyotes are moving ahead. So we need Seattle to to get a win. Well, I, I, I it's going to be tight. It's going to be right to, down back. to the wire. And I'd be honest, it really won't matter until the ping pong balls hit the machine because it's going to who's ever there. We're going to finish in the bottom three. Coyotes are going to be at the bottom, so it's either last second to last or third to last. They're going to be there. So then it's going to be all up to the hockey gods and. As coyote history goes, the hockey gods are not always friendly. The Kachina-clad coyotes. All up to chance. And you know what else is all up to chance? Betting on sports. That is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. so good. (laughs) Um, Did you watch the Final Four yesterday for men's? Um, I did. I did get some of that. I think you were going to win the the Discord Discord pool, which good for you. I think it's done, even if Kansas does yeah, not win. That was a good comeback. Why didn't I you? pick them in the PHNX staff one, though? I picked I don't know. U of A. What the hell was I thinking? I don't know. That was silly. Um, Craig is here, so we'll add him in right in time Wait, for this. You, you got to finish your ad. Though. I'm going to. Hello, Craig. Hi, Craig. Hey, we got laser laser back. Yes, your laser back. is back. <laughs> um, well, Craig, before we get into all of our topics, I was just going over the latest promotion at DraftKings, which tomorrow is the men's national championship for basketball. So it's the last day for this offer, which is new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, existing customers can bet on college hoops with same game parlays. So if you're already on DraftKings, you, there's so much you can do, um, not just college basketball, but so many sports as well. So be sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win. Tomorrow is your chance with the national title game. So do that. Bet on your team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, if they win, you win with promo code PHNX this week at DraftKings. That's 21 and over. Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for more details. As I try to lose this light laser, I have to figure, I have to find out how I got attached to Kansas. By PHNX. What? what does that mean? Did you see the thing that the, the Sweet 16? Oh, yeah. The PHNX pool. Hey, look at that. No light I laser going not. through my head. I did not <laughs> see that, Craig. Oh, so, yeah. This Kansas thing. What happened? How did I get Kansas? And, I don't know. That's that's a question for Michaela. 
Okay. Yeah, the PHNX March Madness pool, every person got assigned a team at random, and Craig, I guess, got Kansas, so that's good. I got U of A, which makes sense, but that didn't go so well for me. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I'm all about Kansas, as you all know. Always been. (laughs) Oh, man. What are you doing, Petey? I'm trying to figure out this graphic thing that you taught me before. What graphic? (laughs) Yeah, in the middle of the show. I'm trying to figure it out. Think okay. I did it? All right. Well, because there's there's an update in things that I'm supposed to be providing for the show. Okay. I'm see if I can do it. Well, before while you're trying to figure that out, I did it. You did it. I'm very yes, proud. Um, Craig, we have a ton, a ton, a ton to get to. So yeah, I we wanna, waited for you. We waited for you, but I just wanted to give you the opportunity if you have any thoughts on this game quickly before we move on to bigger topics. Well, it it got enjoyable at the end. I mean that that OT was insane. It was frenetic. Uh, that's Unbelievable. What I yeah, three on three OT is the best, and you know when you're still, even though they're they're obviously a greatly diminished product over what they once were, the Blackhawks have some exciting players who can skate and create offense. We had a just a back and forth in OT. It, it, it could have been won at several points, and then in the end, it it ends up being a, an attempted pass by Gostas Bear that goes off Tay's skate and into the net. But that's OT for you. It was fun to watch. Absolutely. All right, Craig. Well, we saved all of the juicy stuff for when you got here. Wow. Which topic would you like to start with? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I got a chance to catch up with Tyson Nash before tonight's game, so we might as well start there. Um, wanted to give him a chance to 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 clarify, to elaborate, because when you you know when you you cut a tiny soundbite from a game that is by nature taking something out of context because you didn't hear what he was saying the rest of the game. And I think some people were just like, oh, he's, you know, he's against skill. Of course, that's not the case. He was, he was praising Trevor Zegers most of the game and he praised that actual goal. So that's not the takeaway from, from, from what Tyson Nash said. Now there, there can be some disagreement on some of the other things. And I think this disagreement just boils down to there's like an old school player mentality about those sorts of events that, that probably isn't going away. And then there's this sort of, I don't know if it's, it's not all media, but a lot of media and a lot of fans will, uh, will attack that and say, you know, it's just, it's, it's absurd. It's Neanderthalish. And and actually you have some fans also that think that the game is getting too soft and you have to accept that as part of the game. So I'm, I'm curious where you guys stand on all this and then we can dive into the various aspects of this. Yeah, I just want to contextualize, too, for those who might not have caught the video um, of Trevor Zegers after the game on Friday. Um, so Jay Beagle had gone, had attempted to go after Zegers, went after Troy Terry. Um, Tyson Nash made a call on the game. The video from the game, the post-game video, blew up, went viral over the weekend. Um, so a lot of stuff went down. In case you missed it, which I don't think anyone – did because that's literally all I saw this weekend, but just wanted to <laughs> briefly summarize it. But PD, I'll let you go first. No, this is hard for me. It, 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 it's it's easy, and I, I've read Twitter. I've seen comments on There's so many things here. Did I like the comment that was taken that way read? No. I don't think you can have any association with a high-skilled play and a high-skilled goal with a, with the fight itself. And I, I, I listened to Beagle's comments. Um, Todd Walsh had him on, on the Bally's pregame show, and I listened to Beagle's comments. And Beagle 
he, he went at Trevor Zegras in the crease because he was digging for a puck underneath his goaltender in the crease late in a 5 nothing game. That's it. That was what was on his mind. That's what started the event. Um, so I, I think the first thing that needs to be separated is the fight from the goal. Because in, in my mind, in my mind, I'm not speaking for anybody else but myself, separate the two events. And I think that's a, an important distinction for what Beagle does. And, and I, I heard so many comments today about Beagle. Beagle, I'm, I'm looking at hockeyfights.com right now. Do you know the last time Beagle fought in the National Hockey League was 2013? He doesn't yeah. fight. I, I saw it was reported he had five career fights. I cannot confirm that he had five career fights. I saw Steve Downey back in 2008. He doesn't have many. So he's not a guy that's fighting once every other week. He's, he's not a fighter. He's protecting his goalie late in the game. So I, I wanted to say that. The comments, yeah, let's face it. This is hockey. This isn't chess. It's hockey. There's a lot of emotions. It's a physical game. It's a contact game. And do things build up throughout the course of a game that cause something to happen at the end of the game? And if you think the answer is no, you're wrong. Because they do. An action in the first period. Have you ever heard a commentator say, hey, he's going to take that number? Or he took a number? Well, we're not chastising those guys if something happens later in the game. I watched a national broadcast, Wilson versus Reeves, and the entire broadcast, the entire national broadcast, followed those two players around the ice. That was what the whole thing was. The pregame, the postgame, the middle of the game was all built on this fight mentality. So if you don't think this exists in hockey, you're just wrong. And I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not justifying anything that was said or anything that was done. I'm just saying there is an element to the sport of hockey that if – they don't feel as being policed or being taken care of. There is some self-policing in hockey. Always has been. And I think there's less now than ever before. But there still is an element of self-policing. And that's what Beagle was doing in this event with Segris at the net. I don't know if I explained anything or if I really came out with what, what Tyson Nash said. I disagree with Tyson in that one sentence. I do. And, and keep in mind, and, and I, this going to be another cop-out, we sit in front of a microphone doing this show right now. Things come out of our mouth sometimes in a split second. You go, oh, gosh, I don't know if people are going to understand the way I meant that. Like, it happens. And if you don't think it does, again, stand in front of a microphone with a camera on and try doing it for an hour straight and see what happens. Not justifying it, not excusing him again. Just saying it does happen. And so the questions that Craig asked were the ones I wanted to know. Was it about Was he connecting? Was he connecting the goal with the fight? Because that's the way it was portrayed online. And so, Craig, thank you for asking those questions. Yeah, and I, I think Tyson still did tie it to that. So it was interesting to hear what Beagle said. Um, it was also interesting to hear the airplane that was just landing in Leah's backyard. <laughs> Literally, what the heck? I don't Man. think, I, you know, you listen to Jay Beagles. It, you, you don't know. Like those things, like you said, Petey, can build up over time. I guess I, when you look at what Beagle did, you know, after getting the, the confrontation initially, yeah, I get. We, we were both goalies and there's a code in hockey that you protect your goalies. You don't let people mess with your goalie in any way. And I think there is an argument to be said to made for why was Trevor Zegers poking around in the goalies groin area with a five Oh lead and five minutes left in the game. That's probably not something you should be doing, but if you're going to do it, there's going to be consequence for it. Okay. The fight happens. We saw all that happened with Troy Terry because he came in to protect his guy. I think there's there's also an argument to be made that Jay Beagle at some point probably should have let up. Troy Terry was in a vulnerable position. He wasn't fighting back. At some point, hey, stop pounding on a guy. You know, he's not fighting back. Let it go. So I, I think that 
there's a valid argument there as well that you can make. Again, there's a lot of pieces to that. But I think that's one thing that pe bothered people about what Jay, Jay Beagle did in particular. I asked Tyson if he thought he should have stopped, and he said no. But he's coming, you know, from a player standpoint where once you're in it, once you're in a fight, you're you're in fight or flight mode at that point. You're just swinging away trying to defend yourself. And I think that goes back to what I said, Craig, that he's not a fighter. I think part of that is Jay Beagle hasn't fought in a long time. This is, And, and I'll use a, a fighter that we've had here in Arizona. I'll use Paul Bissonnette in his example. I, I even talked to Paul Bissonnette about this. I'd like to because I'd like to get his thoughts. I don't think a player like Paul Bissonnette, who is in this league to be a fighter, would have taken Troy Terry and fought to the extent that Beagle did. Because I think he would have recognized sooner because he'd been in that situation and his mindset is different. He's more clear. Beagle just cross-checked their best player onto the ice. And in his mind now, it's going, uh-oh, now it's my turn. Somebody's yeah. coming for me. And that's the way hockey works. So now he's going, uh oh, someone's coming. I don't think he's taking numbers right away. And, okay, this is Troy Terry. Let me look at the stats book. Let's see how many points he's got. And he's going, oh, my God, there's a player jumping me because I just cross-checked Trevor Zegras. He right. recognized it's a good player. He goes, uh-oh. And as they should, he should expect to get jumped. And he did. He doesn't know who that is right away. And it is fight or flight for him. I believe that. Is there a point where he could have held off? Hard to believe, Craig. I've never been in a fight. I know you look at me and you go, God, there's a bar barroom brawler. <laughs> never been in a fight. So I don't know. I can't speak for him. So I don't know what he's going through in his mind. Well, I'm sure first is he's got to defend himself. And so he starts swinging. We actually do have Beagle's um, comments here. So let's go ahead and hear what Beagle had to say. Yeah, no, I, um, you know, for me, obviously it's, uh, it's pretty simple. Um, I'm coming back on a back check and uh, it's a five, nothing game. We're obviously not playing the way we want to play and have kind of been embarrassed. And, um, you know, a player takes a poke at our goalie in the crease, five, nothing. Um, so, you know, I lay a cross check on him and expect to get a penalty. That's going to happen. But, um, you know, you obviously can't allow people to take a little poke at your goalie. It doesn't matter. But uh, 5 nothing, that's, you know, unacceptable. And so that kind of starts everything. And, um, you know, from there, obviously, a guy comes in and um, second man in ends up being Terry. Uh, at the time, obviously didn't know that that was Terry, but he comes in aggressively and, and grabs a hold of me, and um, you know it's a fight. Uh, in my mind, right there, he kind of attacks me and goes after me, so um, it's a fight. And then, you know, after that, it is what it is. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where I think uh, there's got to be some accountability and. Players have to be accountable for what they do out there. I'm accountable for what I do. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you poke the goalie when it's 5 nothing. I don't care who you are. It, it doesn't matter. You're going to get a jab. You're going to get something. There's going to be something. That's the game. That's the way it's played. And there's kind of an unwritten rule there. And, um, you know, it's the same thing as coming into the, to a scrum. I mean, there's, there's different ways of coming into a scrum. There's a way to come in. You know, where you don't want to fight and you wait for the linesman to get in there. There's nothing. I watched the replay a bunch of times, obviously, yesterday after it kind of blew up. Uh, you know, there's nothing the linesman could have done. He came in really aggressively. He grabbed a hold of me, and I thought it was a fight. I mean, it's there's just, that's just how I read it. It happens fast, right or wrong. 
you know, it happens, the game's fast, it happens fast. And, um, you know, I stand by what I did. It's, it's, um, there's those rules where you just, if you're coming in, you better be ready to drop the gloves. And if you're not, then come in a little differently. Yeah, I want to give credit to Todd Walsh on that too for hunting him down and getting that interview in Valley Sport. Arizona period and Brett Hansen for giving us permission to use that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm glad he brought up the linesman because I wanted to talk about that issue as well. Um, I've heard some people say that the, the linesman should have done more. They probably could have broken up that fight. You heard Beagle talking about it, but and and, and saying not sure there's there's more that they could have done. To be blunt, that's a linesman's job. You got to break that up somehow. So uh, I, I do. I mean, it's hard. It's not easy, right, to step into that situation. And maybe he was doing his best and just couldn't get it done. But there are some people I know, even even within the Coyotes organization, who feel like the linesman could have stepped in and maybe shortened that, and the punishment wouldn't have been as bad for uh, Troy Terry in that situation. The thing that I have to say about this whole situation, I can't speak to all the details because I don't play hockey. I'm not in the NHL. The issue that I have with this whole thing is, and I know this is just naturally going to happen, but how people take this one incident, if they don't agree with what Beagle did, or they don't agree with what Tyson Nash said and make it about the Arizona Coyotes as an organization. I saw so many comments, oh, in their college arena. Like, I understand that it's an easy target and whatever, but like, can't we just have a discussion about a specific situation without making it about that? And I can't tell you how exhausting this is for a Coyotes fan. And it's just like, why do you have to make it about that? Be more original. Can we just have a conversation without making it about that? It's not. It was one incident. You can agree or disagree with how Beagle handled it. You can agree or disagree with what Tyson Nash said. You can agree or disagree with the direction the game of hockey is going. But don't make it about the organization as a whole. And don't make it about the fan base. And don't make it about the arena because it's not. And that I'm so over that. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because it leads to my – my rant on this. Um, first of all, I expect fans to do that. I expect fans to say stupid things because they're emotional and they're fans. You almost get license as a fan, like to a certain point, you get a license to be an idiot in these situations, but you know, who doesn't get a license to be an idiot in these situations. It's reporters who tie it to the arena or tie it to some greater, you know, it's emblematic of the coyotes. That's a moronic statement, and it's childish. Stay on task, okay? Let's talk about the topic. You learn this as a child. Stay on task. Don't make it about 10 other things, whataboutism, all this other idiotic stuff. You're a reporter. You have a responsibility. So don't come with these garbage takes that aren't anything about the topic at hand. And while I'm talking about reporters, can you tell me why all those reporters felt free to weigh in on Tyson Nash without even reaching out to Tyson Nash to get his opinion. I reached out to him today. I obviously was not at the game or I would have requested him right then and there. I would have requested Jay Beagle after the game. I can't believe he didn't talk after the game either. But if you're going to opine on something like this, you have an obligation as a reporter. It's literally the job to reach out and get further comp- you know, clarification, elaboration, whatever it is from Tyson Nash on what he meant, what he wants to say. You you can ask a bunch of questions like I did. 
Scott Birdside, I know, reached out to him. A lot of respect for Scotty. Anyway, I work with him at The Athletic. He's the only reporter among all the reporters who weighed in on this topic who actually reached out to Tyson Nash. That's irresponsible journalism. The job is to ask questions and do the reporting, and a lot of people didn't do it, so they failed at their jobs. Yep. PD? That's my rant. I'm, I'm just, I mean, it, you're right. <laughs> That's all I just, and, and what Craig did today is he he called Tyson Nash, and we got to hear Tyson Nash voice. Here's the context of my comments. You could still... Again, you can still not like what Tyson Nash said, even yep. even after Tyson. In, in, it's out there now. Like Craig's interview is out there. It's on it's on our YouTube channel. It's out on our. Um, you can get it as a podcast. It's out there. You can hear what Tyson Nash says, and you still don't have to like it, and that's fine. But now you know what he had to say, and it's I hate to say it, two sides of the story, and boy, it wasn't that way out in the the Twitter universe today. It was pretty. <laughs> pretty harsh and again don't have to like it i'm not saying you have to like it i don't you don't have to like what beagle did either listen tyson knows i disagree with him on a ton of stuff we've we've talked about a lot of things where we disagree but you owe him the respect you and, and and again the responsibility your responsibility your literal job is to do that reporting and so many people didn't do it Absolutely. Well, thanks for doing it, Craig. We we really do appreciate it here at, at, at PHNX, the work you do for this Coyotes podcast. And that today, if you haven't heard Tyson Nash's interview, you need to. And, yeah. and before you have a companion, make sure you listen to the, the questions that Craig asked. Absolutely. And if you haven't had the chance to listen to that yet, it's literally less than eight minutes long and you can just get it wherever you get your podcasts, um, PHNX Coyotes on Apple or Spotify or Google, wherever you listen to your podcasts, um, as well as there's some audio excerpts on Twitter as well. Um, so check that out for sure. And, you know, Craig just talked about reporting and he's doing it every day. So please sign up to become a member at gophnx.com. There's a lot of big stuff coming up this week that Craig will be covering. So you won't want to miss out on it. Um, so become a member today, gophnx.com, sign up for your membership, get a shirt when you sign up, you can get a hat now in the PHNX locker. We have those. They're amazing. So check that out. And members also get weekly deals on merchandise as well as access to our members only discord and a ton of other perks. So it's a great time to become a member. And now I want to talk about something that also has two different sides that I've seen a lot of one side, but then we saw another side. And that is the Ironman streak for Keith Yandel coming to an end after the Philadelphia Flyers decided to healthy scratch him after playing. Was it, did it end up being 989 straight games played? Um, The Flyers had, yeah. So the Flyers had 15 games left this season. They're, out of a playoff position. Keith Handel obviously is in the tail end of his career, but before we get into both looking at both perspectives, I'm just curious what both of your initial reactions to this move were. You want to go first on this one, Pete? No, I'll let you go first. A lot of hot air. Okay. Um, I listen, I, I get what organizations goals are late in the season. When you're out of the playoffs, that's the time when you want to get, a look at a lot of your own pl- young players and, and and that's what the flyers were trying to do here but but in this case it's it's getting a look at a young player alongside a different defensive partners you, you, you know you're worried that Keith Yano won't help this young player look as good or 
have as much success as he possibly can have. I I guess that's okay. You know, I do understand that perspective. I just, I think it's also exaggerated with this few games left in the season that you're going to get, oh my God, so much better read uh, of a young defenseman alongside another defensive partner versus Keith Yandel. And I also wonder if, if you're going to do this, you're really going to do this with 15 games left in the season. This team is out of the playoffs. If you, if you really felt like Keith Yandel didn't belong in the lineup, you probably should have done this before. Um, maybe maybe they wanted him to get to the record, but that happened a while ago too. You could have pulled the plug on Keith Yandel a long time ago. I know I've talked to reporters, like I talked to Charlie O'Connor with the Athletic, who said that Yandel's just not been very good this season. Okay, what's he doing in the lineup? Uh, you know, for the past thirty games, I, I I just don't understand the timing. And and I know we put too much significance on big round numbers. I I, I rail against this all the time. At the same time, the guy's 11 games from 1,000, and now you're going to pull the plug on him with 15 games left in the season? I don't know. I just – I have mixed emotions on this, mixed feelings on this one. Well, and I've talked about this before. I've talked about this in the shore as it, as it pertains to Phil Kessel specifically. And when they flew him back for the birth of his child, we all applauded that. And we all said, what a great job by the organization. But let's really look at it. Is that the – the true intent of an iron man or is it, are we just checking the box? He jumped over the boards. He took a face off. He left. Great. It looks great. He's continuing his iron man, but one, did it help his team? It, did he really play? No, you check the box and now you're going to chase Unger. And, and I, I, I know there are games and I, I will say this as fact. There were games where physically you question if Phil Kessel could have played along this way. So I'm sure it's the same thing for Yandel. And yet you play him not for the benefit of the team. It's for the benefit of a record that it's, it's an attendance record at, at kindergarten. You showed up every day. So I, what they did is absolutely, absolutely, utterly amazing. To play one game in the National Hockey League, one is a feat that most people can't even understand how difficult this league is to play in. To play once. These people have done it day after day after day after day. Hats off to them. Fantastic. They've earned it. Great. But at some point, you have to look at, is it, are we putting him in the lineup because of the record? And, and that's the only reason he's still playing in the league? Yeah. I, it, it is a question. And, and could Philadelphia, does it change their season? Absolutely not. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if they play him or defenseman B or C or D. No, it doesn't matter. They still are. They're still out of the playoffs, and it's still where it is. But what do you say to that kid's parents, player D, who's going to get his first game in the National Hockey League at 18? What do you say to his parents? You know, what about his career? What about his future? I, I mean, there are other sides to all stories. Sure. I, I, I think Keith Yandel, I would have loved to seen him get to 1,000 games. I absolutely would have. I absolutely would have. Um, and I had different feelings until I listened to former Coyote Mike Rupp. And I think this is coming from a player that's inside the room and sums it up better than I can. Um, so it's nice to at least hear the other side of the coin instead of just jumping on the flyers and calling them a trash organization. Yep. So let's hear what Mike Rupp had to say on this. Let's remove the player's name from the equation because uh, I don't, I just want to talk about the circumstance because I, for my interactions with Keith Yandel and everybody I've ever talked to loves this guy, great teammate, great human being, but we got to stop finessing and manufacturing and fabricating things to get records. Like, how many times do we have to see this happen? I mean, honestly, Keith Yandel was supposed to get scratched when he was in Florida. And the whole internet blew up and was losing their minds about it. 
and almost kind of like guilted this organization in Florida to, to keep it going. And then he got the record. And here we are in a situation. You can't tell me the best thing for the Flyers right now is is if he's not, if he is not playing well, he shouldn't be in the lineup, especially when they need to play 15 in these 15 games, the kids, right? And, and, and that's even – so if this thing – and it looks like it's coming to an end – Looks like Phil Kessel's next in line. Phil's streak should have ended. They fabricated, manufactured. They flew him home, got a charter flight for him to fly. Where, where was it? Chicago? Is that where the game was? He played one shift, flew home, kept the streak alive. Why are we doing this? These records weren't set that same way. Doug Jarvis, I don't think, did anything like that. Gary Unger, I don't think, did anything like that. We're discrediting the history of the game by doing these types of things. So all the people that are saying this is a trash move by a trash organization in Philly, I completely disagree. They're doing what's best for them. They've got to smoke out what some some of their defensemen, some of their younger players can do at this time. It would be a joke if they did it the other way. So, anyways, let me guys let me know what you what everybody thinks about this. I have to say this one by Mike Rev changed my mind too because my initial thought was the same as what Craig had said like there's only 15 games left it doesn't matter let him hit a thousand and I know like whatever it's just a random number but it is extremely significant and if you were going to do it why didn't you do it earlier etc etc but listening to what he said and the point that really stuck with me was this isn't how that record was set years ago you know it's like how when those players like Doug Jarvis and like when they set that record, were they doing the things that Keith Yandel and Phil Kessel have done to get this record? I don't know. Yeah, it's a nuanced argument to be sure. There, there are arguments on both sides. I, I still wonder if the, oh, we got to see young this young kid develop in the best setting. Yes, you do. But I, I wonder if that's a little exaggerated. But I do. I, I, I think there are a lot of good arguments to this. It's just... Part of this is hard because, you know, Petey, you and I both know Keith Yandel really well. We know what a great teammate he is, so it's hard to see him have it end like this. And and listen, he handled it with grace. I'm sure a lot of people saw his news conference before the game. He he handled it so well, and that's that's typical Yans. But I know that it stung. I, I know because I was texting with him. I know it stung. Sure. So it, it's tough to see it end that way. Um just a side note, by the way, <laughs> however you feel about the way these two things were handled when you compare the Kessel situation to the Yandel situation, again, there's this narrative out here that the that the Coyotes don't te- treat their players well. They flew Phil Kessel damn across the country to be there for the birth of the child after one shift. Phil Kessel wanted to play in that entire game, by the way. It was Andre Turigny that talked him into playing one shift and then flying home because he told him that the birth of his child was way more important than that one game. So, yeah, the Coyotes don't treat their players well. Come on. I mean, there there are instances in every organization where things probably don't go the way you'd like them to go for the players, but... Let's not, again, just throw a blanket over the entire organization and say, yeah, this is always the way it is. Yeah, and the last thing I want to say on it, and, and on the last two topics, is take a breath and just go, no, and it just, there are two sides to things. And sometimes, hey, I'm as guilty as anybody on things. You should see me at the office. I get hot about stuff and I, <laughs> I rant. I do. I got, I've got a little attitude. What? Problem. I know. And sometimes so, I need to do it. I know exactly. Take a deep breath and look because somebody's looking at it a different way than you are. So just take a, take a, 
good lord yeah round round two blue leading red um there are two sides to things and and, and again you don't have to agree or disagree but try to see it from somebody else's lens that's all and i think these two topics absolutely hit the mark on that because there was so much anger and vitriol over both of these topics and again it, it trickled down to the organization or coaches or like we talked leah said before about the organizations just take a look from somebody else's point of view you don't have to agree just try to look at it that way and and maybe that'll help put a little perspective on things like this if and when they happen again and they will and it could be tomorrow it could be next week so just try to take a different look at it listen and talk what are you talking about I know. Listen to other people and, and talk and have conversations and communicate. It's so much easier just to yeah. rip someone on Twitter. <laughs> That's actually pretty easy. Would you know? <laughs> no, I'm actually. Oh, man. I'm trying to be that positive. Was, that was very positive, and it was a good way to wrap up those two hey, things. The street racing team is on live. I was going to ask that. <laughs> a 10-mile loop. So that hear the cars coming around again when they come back. Is that what this is? Maybe yeah. that's how I set the pace of the show is every time they go by, it's like another 10 minutes of <laughs> <laughs> laps. Well, let's, we've debated a lot. Craig. Well, there's a couple things. We'll, we'll get to the thing we forgot at the last thing, okay, but sorry. I want to, those have been kind of controversial topics. So let's talk about something that's really, really exciting and really happy. And Petey, I'm going to let you take this one away. Well, we, I don't know if people have seen my Twitter today, all a thousand and two of you now. So Woohoo, finally yeah, hit that, that benchmark. Hey, I did. A thousand um, is important. <laughs> it, so, but I've been talking about a positive. I've been looking for positive stuff all week and something to, to grab onto. And we've had the opportunity to have Matt shot on the show. Um, and we had an opportunity to talk with him before he passed away at a very untimely time as a young man. But his goal was to get the teams that he worked so hard for, the Arizona Kachina hockey teams, to be Tier 1 status. It was incredibly important to him. And he was told last year, no, you got to compete at, at Tier 2 and do really well, and then we'll look at it again. Shortly after he passed away, Matt Schott, the, the, the Arizona State Board granted three of those teams Tier 1 status for next season for 22-23. Um, but in the meantime, they traveled to the national tournament in Pennsylvania today, all three of those teams at the Tier 2 level, and they competed today in the semifinals tonight, and all three teams won. That score at the bottom, the 19U, is now a final 4-2 over the Junior Flyers, and the Arizona Kachinas at 14U, 16U, and 19U will all be playing for national championships tomorrow. And if you don't think that's a big deal, you're just wrong. That This is amazing what these girls have done, what the state of Arizona has done. We talked about Lindsey Fry and Matt Schott, and we had Brendan Shaw, who is a coach of the 16U team. What they have done for girls hockey in the state of Arizona is nothing short of amazing in the short amount of time that they have done it. This is a competitive team nationally now. It's a recognized program throughout the United States. That is absolutely fantastic. So proud. I will be tweeting the scores tomorrow. Uh, games start early tomorrow morning. Um, I will be tweeting um, scores as they come in. So if, if you don't have time to follow things on the internet, I will make sure I get updates. And I want to show one more thing. Here's the matchups. For tomorrow, the 14 U's play a team out of Massachusetts, the North Shore Vipers, tomorrow morning. 
Um, the Kachinas play a team from Minnesota. Yes, so we got Massachusetts and Minnesota in the finals. And the 19U team will play the Steel City Selects out of Pennsylvania. So uh, we're talking Pennsylvania, Minnesota, Massachusetts, and three teams from the state of Arizona. So congratulations. And you know what? Matt Schott's proud somewhere. I, I guarantee it. So way to go, Kachinas. This feels like the hand of Matt Schott, doesn't it? It, it really does. It really, really, be, really does. What a cool and I, I wish I have some pictures we'll, we'll get tomorrow. We, we didn't get to them today. Um, it's just there was a lot going on on this show. So I'll have some pictures in tomorrow's show. Um, and there's some pretty happy hockey kids. And, and I hope we get a chance to share some of their stories here in the upcoming weeks. Absolutely. It's a great story all around. And like someone just said in the comments, hockey belongs here. So it really does. And everyone who's played a part in, in this is, I mean, kudos to them and kudos to Matt Shop for what he's done for this organization. So well said, PD, and PD will tweet those. We'll continue to retweet from at PHX underscore Coyotes. But if you want to give PD a follow at S Peters Hockey as well, he will be tweeting that all day tomorrow. Okay, lastly, we have to do the one thing that we forgot because so much was going on that we literally forgot to do this. So we just need to crown our DraftKings king of the game. <laughs> there was a game forgot. earlier. You might rather yeah, rewind. Like 30 minutes ago. But for the sake of the show, we have to do it. So Shane Goss is fair. Overtime winner had an assist as well. One goal, one assist. Shane Goss is fair is tonight's DraftKings king of the game. We got it in under the wire. But all around game for Shane tonight. I thought I thought he was, a, he was good from start to finish in this game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to see that he wasn't too hurt after. Yeah, he said he took it in the throat, but he was he was okay. You know, he came back. Oh, that'll knock the wind out of you, literally. Yeah. Well, let's hope tomorrow, 24 hours from now, when we're doing this against the St. Louis Blues, that is there's a little less. We can talk more about the game tomorrow. Let's (laughs) wait and see what happens next. But I have a feeling Craig is going to ruin that too. We're going to bring more stuff. Well, somebody just mentioned April 7th as being a key date. Yeah, but. Yes, I'll have a story on that tomorrow. <laughs> yep. So stay tuned at gophnx.com for that. Caleb said 3,000 followers update. When do we get the dance? We did pass 3,000 followers. We'll all be in the office tomorrow, so we'll discuss that. I promise you it will Yeah, that happen. one's not going to go away, I, unfortunately. I tried, but the syrup we, thing we, seemed to get tabled. No. I think the, the syrup thing is the next – that's the next punishment why are we calling these punishments? I don't know. Oh, you may, maybe I, I like dancing. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm just telling to... you I don't like yeah. fake maple syrup. <laughs> so I'm waiting it. to highlight my dance moves. Maybe it's just the opportunity <laughs> I've been looking for. Because I do have the big bottle of log cabin. <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> yes, but we will be back tomorrow, pretty much a, a day from now, exactly for the post game show against St. Louis tomorrow. Craig will have a big story coming out tomorrow on the events of the upcoming week at gophnx.com. So be sure to check that out. Follow us on Twitter if you're not at phnx underscore coyotes. Like, subscribe, follow, and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Again, the Tyson Nash interview is on there, and all of our post game shows and all of our audio shows are there as well. So you don't want to miss that. We'll be back tomorrow night. Be sure to subscribe to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel and follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms. There's a lot of fun stuff happening this week, and we will be back tomorrow night. Have a great rest of your night, everyone, and we'll see you tomorrow.